leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome people get into cybersecurity careers and leaders hire awesome talent. And I am here with a special, special guest, Meryl Vernon. Say hi to everyone, Meryl. Hello. So Meryl is here. I'll tell you the backstory on Meryl. So, so awesome. Talking to the epic Naomi Buckwalter, who I just literally was talking to a few minutes ago, but had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. And she's talking about this amazing woman and how she quickly was able, was able to transition into the industry and pick up new skills. And didn't you get a certification in like a week or something? Yeah, like two weeks. I like got my some- certification. Yeah, her first certificate. And I'm like, who is this woman? I need to meet her. I need to meet her. So Naomi put us in touch and here we are. So Meryl, talk to us, give us your story, let us know, introduce yourself, and then let us know how you got into this industry. Absolutely. So my name is Meryl Vernon. I am a pen tester, an internal pen tester for an insurance company. And I'm also the administrative officer of offensive operations for the Cybersecurity Forum Initiative, which is a nonprofit contributing to the cybersecurity industry, Um, doing a lot of good work there. And uh, so the story that Renee is referring to is actually, um, so I got my first role in InfoSec as a risk analyst. And risk is a business function. So it was basically the most administrative function I could have working in IT security. I did a lot of uh, managing our third party risk program and going over vendors like SOC 2 type 2 audits and making sure their security controls would not increase our risk appetite if we did business with them. And as I automated that job and got really good at it about three months in, I started, or two months in, I started taking over other responsibilities like uh, managing our vulnerability scanner and um, partaking on other projects, writing pen test reports for my boss. And um, the pen tester position opened up and there was actually, we had a vulnerability assessor and he was meant to kind of move into that role, but um, they did open it up to all candidates. They didn't just award it to him. I was like, well, if it's open to everybody, I'm going to compete with you. And he's like, you just got here. And I'm like, yes, I know. Um, And they were like, well, if you want to interview, you have to have at least a sec plus. Um, You know, we are looking for a junior pen tester. We knew someone coming into this role wouldn't be a full-fledged pen tester already. Um, But you need to at least have that. And I was like, when does the window close? And they were like, it closes in three weeks. No problem. So I bought a book and I read it. And then I studied my notes for a week and then I took the test and I had it. And then they had to give me. I my one certification I have today, but it's gotten me this far. So that is amazing. 
Ben, I love her shirt too. I'm going to shout out people when they come on. So Ben says he loves the Pentesta shirt. I love that Pentesta shirt too. It is awesome. My dad got me the shirt as a Christmas present because he didn't understand what I do. <laughs> you know what? <clears throat> I love, love, love that um, for more reasons than one. We were just talking a little while ago about talking to people outside of the industry and how it's such a mystery to most people what folks inside the industry do. So when we go out there, it is such a mystery to most folks and having a, like a pen. Uh, so the, the shirt for everyone that's not watching, it's a picture or a drawing of a pen. And then it says tester underneath. So Meryl's dad is like, what do you do? I remember talking to a, a woman, uh, again, outside of the, way outside the industry. And I was like, yeah, you know, penetration tester. She was like, penetration tester? Penetration tester? What is that? But she was like, what is that? You know? so I, just, I just started telling people what I do, which is ethically hacked, versus telling them what I am. Because so, someone at a tech conference asked me, do you like testing? Do you know where you are? And I'm like, you work in IT. You should know where <laughs> But that's what people, I mean, an IT person should know better, but the people outside of IT definitely struggle um, and they don't understand what this is. All they know is cybersecurity equals hacker and <laughs> that's it. You're either so, a hacker or a sysadmin and there is no in between. That's it. That's it. So um, Naomi says, I love these, love these cyber ladies. Hey, Hi, Naomi. Naomi. And then Shaw Briggs says he's working on Security Plus right now. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent stuff to you take. Have any tips for him? Um, so what I go, I'm sorry. Before before I get into all that, I mean, I have a zillion questions floating around in my head. How long ago did you do this? Like, when was your first step into your role? Yeah, absolutely. So I was working in marketing for Caesars Entertainment um, right up until April of last year. And that was when I took the risk analyst position, but I was a contractor. And then in, let's see, July. Yeah, in August, I got the SEC Plus, interviewed for the job I have now, and then I was brought on as an FTE. Actually, a year ago today, it's my one year as a pen tester anniversary. Today. Yeah, so I started September 30th, and it's been a whole year in the pen testing land. Congratulations. One year. All points are better than fountains. <laughs> Take it from me, I'm a pen. So Ben says fountain is better than ballpoint. <laughs> uh Danielle Goodwin is studying for the security plus right now, too. Excellent. So the number one thing I'm gonna recommend to people, and I haven't put this resource together yet, shame on me. I've been meaning to do it for the longest time. It's been a busy year. Um, is that most of the resources you're going to review, like Jason Dion's course on Udemy. Um, the course that's out on Pluralsight, which I highly recommend, and a lot of the books that you will read, do not go over the practical questions that they've now incorporated as of this last rev of the Security Plus test. So there's a couple, you know, drag and drop, like if you were hardening a mobile app and hardening a laptop, what are the controls you should use? Should you use a pin, a token, a firewall, you know, a physical gate, meaning the laptop is sitting in a building somewhere? Um, and there's other questions about um, like the RAID configurations, RAID 1, RAID 2, et cetera. So there's a couple practical questions that I'm um, putting together a really great resource on that if you do not like nail these questions, you will not pass the exam. They 
they score so heavily on the test. And um, I'm just not seeing any study material out there on it. So I'm going to put that together and get that out on LinkedIn here pretty soon. But the book that I use that I highly recommend to everybody is the All-in-One. It's like a brown book with a red title, All-in-One mm-hmm. Sex Plus Bundle. I, think um, I have that somewhere around here. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's fantastic um, for someone who came in totally new. Like when I started a year ago, oh, a year and three months ago, I had to have IP addressing broken down for me. Like I did not understand it. I did not understand what DLP was. I did not understand how any data flow worked whatsoever. Um, so I had to have it all explained to me. And I think the all-in-one bundle does an excellent job at breaking down like networking components, just as you need to know them from a cybersecurity perspective. Like you don't need net plus and a plus and all that knowledge, unless you really want to be a sys or DB admin, really, you can start with sec plus and it will give you the context you need for the networking components and the frameworks and the attack vectors. You don't need to be a pen tester. You should know what the basic attack vectors are because you need to know what you're defending against, like the difference between a virus and a worm and a Trojan and a remote access Trojan. Those are all different. So it's going to break all that down for you really, really nicely. Like that's the book that I read and then I just took it. That is awesome. I years ago and Shaw Briggs says this. So Shaw Briggs says, did it really take you just three weeks to get your cert? Dag, I feel like I failed the the test twice. Shaw, I failed it too. (laughs) Because of those performance-based questions, I'm willing to bet, because there's like four of them, and there's the raid configurations, the drag and drop. Um, There's another drag and drop where you have an entire environment and you need to like put servers and stuff where they belong or like firewalls where they belong and stuff. So the practical questions really are a huge part of the SEC Plus exam. I tell everybody. And I guess it's changed. I mean, I don't know how long ago Shaw took it. I took it uh, 2013, 14-ish, sometime around this, so seven, eight years ago. So um, I, took probably, 500. I think it changed. I think it changed. So a couple more comments here. Um, you know, Eric says, congrats. Charles Caranja, my favorite, says, congrats. Love hearing these stories. Me too. And Danielle says, um, she saw some stuff on a pack practice exam, but no study material. So they're uh, sharing kind of their experiences. But Meryl, what I want to talk to talk to you about today in particular is like your background. So you have an associate's in French. Yes. You have a bachelor's in Russian and Soviet mm-hmm. studies. Da, Yagovitopoulouskia. <laughs> Translate, please. <laughs> yes, I, I speak Russian. <laughs> Learning Russian language is part of my major, so. And you're in security now. And what happens is people think like, you know, you have to have this deep tech background. You know, the other day I put on LinkedIn, I put, tell me about the myths that people have about you and your career. And there were so many different ones. So how did you get from a French major background into um a Russian major well all that kind of makes sense but then into like to where you are now like walk me through that path okay so I was a linguist in college so I learned my first foreign language in high school and I it took like 10 percent of my brain effort to learn French so when I got to college I was wondering am I good at like languages in general or am I just good at French so I took like five languages at once I took Russian French to stay up on it Italian sign language and Arabic And I was actually doing really well at all of them at the same time. So I was like, okay, I should really pick one. Um, And I was an Air Force ROTC at the time and they were giving out scholarships for certain languages that they really, really needed people to speak. 
So no competing, no submitting of anything, just you major in this language, you get the money. And I did that. So I picked Russian and um, I did major in it. And then I ended up not commissioning into the Air Force. So I got into a customer service role for a medical device startup company. And that was where I got the bulk of my first corporate experience. I got exposed to clinical training, marketing, conference marketing, um, inside sales, outside sales, AR, AP, like anything you can do in a business. I got exposure to it there. And um, <clears throat> I was with that company on and off for a long, long time. In between, I did a little IT recruiting and um, for a little stint. And when I did that, I was like, God, like, I made some bad life choices. These people are making $60 an hour to do whatever it is this means. And I used to be like, this job requires .NET. Do you know that? Like, I had no idea what I was talking about. But um, everyone was very, very nice. My candidates did a lot of educating me. And it kind of never left my brain that, like, I really chose the wrong industry. And my sister is a BA, so she's a, um, a developer, kind of. And my dad is a SCADA engineer, so he works with, like, automation and big machines and stuff. And I was just like, this is, like, this is where you need to be. And when I moved to Reno, I was working for Caesars Entertainment and I was doing marketing and I was good at it, but I just had no passion for it. And I could, again, do it with 10% of my effort. So I didn't really love it. And um, I joined the National Guard and I talked my way with absolutely nothing except a 99 ASVAB score from personal or public affairs, PA, into cybersecurity. I was like, you will put me in cybersecurity. And they're like, well, do you like know anything about that? And I was like, no, but I'm going to learn it so fast and I'm going to learn it so well. It's going to blow your mind. And they're like, don't tell any of your friends that we did this for you. But yes, we'll give you a job. So they gave me a job <clears throat> in cybersecurity for the guard. But I, I, it took so long to try and get to go to boot camp that I never actually went. It took I took like over a year waiting for a boot camp date. So I never even got wow. to tech school. So a recruiter calls me one day, love recruiters, and tells me about this risk analyst position. And I was like, I don't, like, are you hard up for candidates? Because I don't think I'm qualified to do that. And she's like, yes, you are. You can totally do this. You do cybersecurity for the guard. And I was like, let me tell you what that means. <laughs> even if I had gone to tech school, even if I did know my job, I do it for two days a month for the last five months. So that would be less than two calendar weeks of doing this job. And I haven't gone to tech school. So no, I don't know how to do that job. And she was like, just meet with the hiring manager. I'm not trying to set you up for failure because I don't want to accept a job that I don't, I will not do well at. And I was like, okay. And I talked to then who would be my boss, Heather. And I was like, I don't know anything about this, but I learned fast and I'll work my butt off for you if you give me the chance. And she was like, yep, sold. Nice. <laughs> so I did that. I came in and I was a little tornado and I absorbed absolutely everything that I could. And I took every opportunity that came my way to cross collab. And then I had enough experience working with the company, working with their vulnerabilities, working with their policies and procedures to make effective recommendations from a security perspective. And then I became the pen tester. So how did you get from the risk? So you're in the risk role, like we described earlier, mm -hmm. you see a posting or were you partnering with this other group? Did you interact with them? Did they know about you? So I was a contractor at that time. I was technically a contractor for tech systems working at the company I work at now. I like and systems. Yeah, they're actually Way great. back in the day. <laughs> and um, so the permanent position opened up and I told them, I was like, I think I'm going to go for it. And the other guy who, like I said, was supposed to move into this role kind of, he was a contractor for them too. And I was like, I'm going to compete with him. And they were like, you know what, go for it. 
do do what you can do. We think you're a rock star. So I uh, I just it was really doing well at the job in front of me because no one's going to give you the job that you want if you don't do well at the job you have. I took that job. I wrote processes that were so great. They turned it into a non-technical role and said, we basically think you just need to be able to read Merrill's processes to be able to do this job now. You don't need to have any IT security control knowledge at all. Um, We do have fabulous interns who do, but you don't need it to do this job now. So I automated that job. I wrote some beautiful processes. I got everything streamlined. And then I was like, what else do you have for me? Whatever else you have, I want to do it. Do you want to take a stab at writing this report? Yes. Do you want to help us plan this architecture, do this diagram, do this roadmap? Yes, 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 all that. Any planning meetings? Like I just gained as much knowledge about the company's approach to security and security program that I could. And we were brand newly implementing MITRE at the time. And I went and went down the rabbit hole with MITRE. I'm Me and Wade and Adam are like the three biggest MITRE proponents that I know. We're out there putting all of this content out about MITRE because I truly believe that it will improve your program. But um, it was just, you know, gain exposure, do well at your job, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. ask for anything else that you can have. And then you will gain a security perspective, even if you're in help desk, which I don't recommend because you can get stuck there. But um, if you're in help desk and you're learning like the patches that the, that the, the patch cadence, the patch methods, the processes they use to maintain endpoints and mobile devices and the web apps and everything the developers are doing, then you can say, hey, have you thought about from a security perspective, this or this or this? I'm happy to provide you some insight or some more ideas. And you can start to let them see you in a security-based role because my company is awesome in that security is its own department and we're under risk. And IT ops is its own department and it's under the CIO. So I'm not technically answering to the people that I audit, which is good. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people like companies, security falls on one random guy working in IT who doesn't know it, it doesn't like it, doesn't understand it. And he thinks it's a pain and that's a box he has to check. And why do we care about security compliance all of a sudden? So if you're someone with a passion for it and you're really like, I'm worried for us, we're doing insecure things. We should be operating better. Management loves to hear how you're going to help them operate better and cut costs and cut risk. So risk is a great place to start. Financial analysts are a great place to start. Um, Help desk can be a good place to start if, um, if you know the company is really big on lateral movement and like promoting from within. Um, so the opportunities are there. You just have to see what you can finagle with what you've got in front of you. So, I mean, there's so many points to, to unpack. Buddy, Rose, uh, Buddy, Romansburg. I always just say Buddy. <laughs> he said, more proof that degrees and certifications do not accurately indicate ability. So, so I don't use my degree good. ever. Except so the one time good. Russians tried to ping us and I read the source code. And so like, that was fun. <laughs> But he also says, favorite Russian <clears throat> proverb. You'll say that. I won't. <laughs> Can you see it? Can you see his comment? I, can't, I think Trust it moved too far down already. My, my chat is oh, on the screen. Okay. Yeah. How do you say trust but, but, but verify in Russian? Trust but verify? Yeah. Um, Dovaya? Dovaya? Dovaya would be to do, like to go do. I have to see the spelling. Dovaya? 
it's not going to happen. But yeah, not happening. <laughs> not happening today, buddy. You just have to come on and tell us. Okay. And then Eric says, why not go into cyber threat intel as an adjunct to pen testing? Sounds like a good trajectory. You absolutely can. That is one. So people think when you get into pen testing, oh, you've made it. You're in pen testing now. Road complete. That is so untrue. There are so many things you can do in pen testing. You can be a red teamer. You can be a purple teamer. You can be an orange teamer. What's an orange teamer? So the yellow team is the developers and the architects. They're the builders. And when you mix red offensive ops with yellow, the building ops, you get orange. So it's basically education and awareness and collaboration with with building offensive testing into like DevSecOps, basically. Like don't have them wait until a month before their go live to finally get the security test done. Like yeah. tell them if you build this in, if you're looking at cross-site scripting headers, if you're looking at secure transport protocols ahead of time, there will be less nitpicky stuff for me to list in this big old report that I'm going to give you. So yeah. that's orange team. Um, you can be a web app pen tester, mobile pen tester, mobile app pen tester, network pen tester, mainframe pen testing is still around. It's old, but it's an art. Um, I mean, there you can go into threat intel. You can go into malware research, malware engineering, vulnerability research. I know a guy who's a pen tester who literally what he does is he finds the zero day CV that we all need to be concerned about. He's just poking around all day, touching stuff and seeing what happens. And he finds zero day what could be exploits and tells the world about them. Raytheon, it's fantastic. Um, so there are so many things you can do in this field. And if your organization is aware that they need a pen tester or that they need to get into pen testing and they don't have a threat intel program, really the threat intel program should come first. So you can move into threat intel analysts, you can move into intel analysts. Again, if the word analyst is in the role, you're in a pretty good spot to move into a security-based role eventually. You are bringing some really, really, really good points to the table. And you know what I love? I mean, this is kind of getting back to our core. So for those, it seems like almost everybody that's that's chiming in has have been here before. But for anyone that's brand new, because I'm trying to go more and more outside of security to bring in people like you to talk about how you broke in and share that with people who are outside, who don't know anything about security at all who are sitting at home like, oh, how do I, you know, I don't even know about this field, right? Um, and what you talk about and the things that you're explaining or for people who are looking to break in who don't know where to start. Because to your point, a lot of folks, especially back in the day, 15, how many years ago, mm -hmm. would say start on the help desk and become a sysadmin and do this and do this. And, this. and so... You know, we loved, and this is when we started two years ago. You saw our two-year birthdays, like this it one. Was. I know we're two. We're toddlers. We're gonna go into terrible threes. <laughs> no current climbers now. <laughs> right, right. Current climbers now. Um, <clears throat> we are, you know, when we first first started for probably the first I don't know year or so, we only had people who were under five years experience because we wanted you all, we want you to talk to your peers. Like we want to hear from you. You just broke in. This was recent. In one year, you were able to go get your security plus, get into a role, be, go into a risk analyst role, not as technical, more administrative, that entryway segue over into where you are now. And yeah. it's just so, so important for people to hear that because I think a lot of times people want to either jump right into this and people 
people have been told a number of different, what I think are myths about breaking in. Um, and you're, you're like the debunker, like you're telling people, this is, you don't have to do this. You don't have to have a degree in a specific, no. you know, in a specific it's field. This is my biggest soapbox. Like every one of my mentees that I talk to, who's like, I don't need this. I don't have to do that. And I was going to spend two years doing this. I'm like, why would you do that? You want to be there in the next six months. You want to be here like soon. You don't want to yeah. spend all this time, like doing all these things. And so as someone who just did this and just learned this, like again, a year and a half ago, I was learning IP addressing and now I can see to a machine. Um, I was like, you really don't need that. There's a way to learn effectively. There's a way to learn it all and there's a way to learn effectively. And as someone who learns very easily and very quickly, I was very tempted to learn all the things and I was gonna start with all the wrong things. And I was really given some really good direction by some mentors early on. Um, and you'll read a pen testing article. How do I get into pen testing? Well, you need to know a ton of coding languages and you need to have an OSCP. I don't have my OSCP. I don't have my CEH. I'm not a Python guru. I don't know Java. I don't know C++. I know enough Python to like script and get by. And that's about it. And I do this job every day. You know, it's, it's, it's just like, you don't need to put up these huge gates to get in. That's, that's not what it takes to get here. The number one thing it takes to be a hacker truly is an undying need to find every little piece of information that could potentially help you perform an exploit successfully. But for me, as a pen tester, it's a huge win when I can't get in. When I can't get in and I can't find anything and I can't move anywhere, I'm like, yeah, your security is awesome. Right. My goal is to give you a report that improves your security so much that the next time you have me come in, I can't do it again. Yeah. So, I'm, and I, I need to put out a thing on like myths or something, but I'm here to tell you people, you don't need the A+, you don't need the net plus, you don't need the coding languages, you don't need the OSCP. Like you need all those things to pass OSCP because it's like the pinnacle certification you can get as a pen tester. Like we know you've made it when you have an OSCP, but that is that is years off for some people. And I like to do things fast, but I'm here a year later and I'm still working on getting the OSCP. So don't feel like if you're not where Keith Adams is, then you can't do this job because right. it's absolutely false. Right. Everyone started somewhere. Yes. That's what I tell people all the time. Like people did not wake up, didn't want <clears throat> born cybersecurity professionals. Yeah. Like you just everyone. have to have a love for it. You just have to love for it. You have to have a passion for it because you need to eat, sleep, and breathe it. Like you need to like learn yeah. all the time and read all the blogs and have an interest in the webinars and oh, that's the flag he used to fix it. I'm gonna add that flag next time I do it and you know, see what jazzy results you get. Like you just have to love it and it'll be easy for you to succeed at it because it's hard. Yeah. Like that's a lot you have to know. I'm like, yeah, it's a lot you have to know, but it's it's not easy, but it's rewarding. Yeah. It's For someone who really is interested, like when you're yes. passionate about it, like you, it just shines through. So Shaw wants to know what is like, what is the entry level salary like for Security Plus for someone, I guess, who has a Security Plus. So Shaw, I'm assuming you're you would be brand new with yeah. Security Plus. So SEC Plus isn't like the other like certs, like a CEH or an OSCP or like an MS in cybersecurity that comes with salary point. Um, a security plus will often be like the HR's gatekeeping thing to get you to the hiring manager. Um, but I would say if you have a SEC plus, you could probably expect to start out making, depending on your city. I live in Reno, so it's around 70 here. But if you lived in like New York. Um, or I had an intern who just moved to DC, got a job with a nonprofit, and he doesn't have his SEC Plus yet, but he has his bachelor's, and he's making 86 over there, but he lives in DC too, so cost of living. 
Um, but Sec Plus doesn't really have a salary point that comes with it because it's the opening, like precursor step to so many jobs in IT. Um, with a Sec Plus, you can be a security analyst, you can work in IT ops, you can be in help desk, you can be in security, you can be in governance, regulatory, and compliance. You can be in risk. You can um, you can be in business continuity. Like there's so many things you can do with a Sec Plus. So it really just depends. Um, there should be like a flowchart for like. Do you actually want to code? Yes, no. Do you actually like, because there are so many places you can go in information security. I thought I wanted to go four yeah. different directions before I became a pen tester. Like there were right. four other possibilities I was looking at before pen testing. And um, what made you decide to go in? Well, you know what? Before I get to that question, let me let me just show some comments up here because there's some awesome comments. People I know, are I so excited to have you here. It's okay. I'll read them out. And, and I, I do read them because... This is also a podcast, so it's a live stream, and then it is on um, YouTube. Well, it's on YouTube it's live now, and then it goes into um, iTunes and all the podcast places, so some people only get the, the uh, audio. So Buddy says again, it's awesome. Um, he's talking about when you were talking about writing policies. So he said, too many people write policies from some template. Um work hard at the role and increase your value within the company, which is a point yes. that you made. So yes. well done. That's his, that was his. The point. keeper of the policies is like the neck that turns the head of the company. Mm -hmm. You know, the policies, your money to senior management, they mm -hmm. will all know your name. It's on every <laughs> document they care about. Put your name on as many physical documents that get in front of people as possible. Such a good point. Pro tip. Mark pro tip, marketing, like all these backgrounds. And these are the translatable skills. These are the transferable skills because you know this because you're bringing this from a different skill set. Yes. Another reason they loved me, even though I had no IT knowledge, was because I worked in customer service for so long that I can relate to a lot of laymen and non-technical people. So I can translate a pen test report into code speak for developers, business speak for managers, risk speak for senior management, like I can chameleon to my audience and have them not glaze over in boredom. If you have that skill, you tell a manager that and they will be like, cool, you're the front guy for everything we do now. And you're like, cool, I'm the front guy for everything we do now. <laughs> the That's front a good lady. place to be in. That is a good, really good place to be. So AJ Yon says, such valuable advice, understanding those foundational aspects because you've been in the situation makes implementing security that much easier for the business. Yes, you need to make it a no-brainer. You need to make it, why do not why do we care about security, but if you don't do these things, you're going to lose this much money when this happens. Mm -hmm. Eric, I can help you fix it. Hi, put me in security. <laughs> the one woman red teamer. Yes. <laughs> uh, Eric Williams says there's nothing better than persistence and curiosity for a pen tester to succeed. Yeah, I once looked through 60 dot unattend files looking for a hash. And I found one on document like number 58. I found it. So wonderful. Charles Karanja again says it's so refreshing to hear encouragement to be curious and kill the dream by unrealistic demands. Yeah, I. I started asking everybody, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And I was like, this seems unrealistic. Why do I need to do all of that? Like I'm, I'm, I would call myself a process hacker because you tell me, oh, Meryl, this is going to take you 24 months. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to find a way to do it in six because I'm betting I can cut most of that out. So there's an efficient and effective way to go about doing this. 
I'm gonna write that blog eventually, I promise. You have to, you gotta come back. So security, Buddy says, with a security plus, you can do knock, sock, but you should know networking as well. You should, again, so security plus will give you networking in a security context. So I don't know, I could not put together a network for my life, but I can build a virtual lab because I understand data. So I understand how endpoints need to flow through other components of each other. Um, <clears throat> if you're gonna work in a, in a sock, then you're kind of like blue team's ultimate response hub. If you're going to work in a knock network operations center, then you need to know you you need heavy back work, network background. Um, they're going to actually have you put hands on stacks and hands on machines, and you need to know what you're doing. Um, if you're working in an ISO department or as like a SOC analyst, you don't need as heavy a networking background. You can get away with just the exposure that Sec Plus would give you. Yeah, for sure. Sorry about the screaming child. <laughs> okay, so Eric, <laughs> Eric Williams says you are destined to be a CISO. He's so he's so right. To your plan. That's right. <laughs> to your plan. To your plan. She's like fast check me. Boo. Yeah. So Meryl, we are at 30, 32 minutes actually. This has been phenomenal. Now Ooh. it makes perfect sense why Naomi said you have to meet this woman. Oh, thank I, you. We have to have you come back. I mean, you are the breaking into cybersecurity podcast. Like, this is why we did it. This is exactly why we did it. So, I want to, I want to see that. That um, why don't you do like a little, like, like a little video and give us if you don't want to write the blog, do the video. You're all the worst. I'm doing so many projects. This is it's been I a crazy know. year, but um, I, I just love to do so many things, and then I'm like my wish list. Done. But I promise you all, this audience right now, I'll put out those two things. I'll put out the uh, the things you actually need, and um, I'll make a flow chart of some kind so you can figure out where in cybersecurity you should go. Totally, totally. <laughs> actually, we have so two more things before I um, before I run. I wanted to ask you about your volunteer work. So. Oh. Talk quickly about that because I tell people all the time to volunteer and volunteer in their fields. And so talk about how that's been beneficial for you. Don't worry, I can talk really, really quickly. Um, so community and network involvement is actually one of the core offerings in the catalog that my department offers to our company. We say this is something we're going to do. We're going to give back to the cybersecurity community. So I write articles for Palo Alto's Fuel Up blog. Yeah, Palo Alto. I can't believe they want me to, but they do. Um, so I've got several articles out there on MITRE, cloud myths, cloud security. Um, we're going to be doing a deep dive webinar soon. I just got Jason Blanchard over there to interview with them. So they've got some great content. Um, <clears throat> I volunteered with the CIS, so the Center for Internet Security, cissecurity.org, I believe. And I just co-edited the CIS Foundation Benchmark for AWS Security. So it, the book on AWS Security, I just helped write it. Um, and I did that because someone at my company told me I didn't know anything about AWS. So, so all we have to do is say, you don't know that. You don't know that. And then my name is going to be on the book next That's time you see it. I hate that. <laughs> um, so the other things, um, I, I do write courses for Pluralsight. That's not volunteer work. I found out. I thought it was when I started, but it's not. But I was going to do it anyway. Uh, we've got some good stuff on Kibana, Elastic Stack, and Threat Hunting coming out. 
Um, and then I'm also, I volunteer with uh, my mentees. Uh, we do VetSec, um, which is Veteran Security Organization. Great resources there if you're a veteran, transitioning veteran, already out, but you want to get into cybersecurity, we can help you. Um, we have two events coming up that um, are totally volunteer basis. They're virtual events here to help you folks get into security. We have an Ask Me Anything on October 14th with Chris Rides, who is a like virtual cybersecurity staffing CISO guru like you, Renee. And, um, and then you've got me. So we'll, we'll be hitting all the facets of getting into pen testing specifically. And then there's the Pivot to InfoSec Summit that's happening October 23rd to the 24th. Yeah, I'm, I'm in there too. Yeah, yeah, you are. And so we're going to give you everything on um, what you can do to make a mid-career transition and make it really effective for you. We're there to give you straight learning, straight action, no fluff. We do very little about who I am and very much about how I did it. Um, but yeah, you can you can get involved with CIS. And then your name is on something everybody downloads. You know, if you use Palo Alto Firewall and you wrote the book on how to make Palo Alto secure, everybody's going to know who you are. You can leverage that. I helped write a benchmark to harden firewalls. Do you use firewalls? I'm good at firewalls. So, you know, let every opportunity that you can do, you can leverage. And I did all this with a security plus. I did get an AWS cloud certified practitioner a while back, but um, right. pretty much all with a security plus. I have no pen testing certifications. I have no coding language certifications. You can do this without them. I'm going to end right there. I, I'm going to end right there. That's it. You can do this without all of that. Meryl, you are amazing. Thank you. For real, for real. And I found my calling. I was very fortunate. You are, you are going to kill the game. I mean, you're already doing it. You are already doing it. So I am going to take off. There is screaming going on in my world. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, Thank you, you all for, for being me. an awesome audience. Thank you for everyone who has um, said happy birthday to us. This is very, very exciting. Chris would be here, but he is on vacation. So he thanks everyone as well. Um, and we will see everyone with another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Bye. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, I'll put out that content, I promise. Yes. Follow Meryl on LinkedIn. She's awesome. <clears throat> okay. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.